0: Verse 39, reading from the New International Version. He also told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother... Let me take that speck out of your eye. When you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye. You hypocrite! Oh, Jesus could preach. First take the plank out of your eye, then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Verse 43. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and the evil man brings out things of evil stored up in his heart for out of the overflow of his heart his mouth speaks why do you call me lord lord and do and do not do what i say i will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood came and the torrent struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Gracious Heavenly Father, before You, we stand as a congregation of people hungry and thirsty for Your Word and for truth tonight on this Tuesday night. We thank You for all those that are gathered online and those that will listen by podcast to this message. We ask that You would release to us living understanding. Truth. Your Word is truth you would lead us and guide us and direct us and give us what we need, God, in this hour that we might fulfill your purposes in the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Scientists have created all kinds of ways by which we can be examined or tested. I don't know if you've ever had an EKG. I I don't think I've ever had one of those, but that's one way you can test your heart. There's all kinds of ways to test or to get yourself examined at how you're doing physically. Recently, uh, my family bought a, a heart rate monitor to help us to hit our target heart rate when we're exercising because if you can hit your target heart rate, you do better. I've found for me that having a heart rate monitor helps me not go too high because I end up pushing my heart to the place where it probably shouldn't be. So I have to learn to back down. There's skin tests, teeth exams. Anybody had teeth worked on recently? Oh, don't you love the dentist? Praise the Lord. God, we need them now. There's blood tests, there's MRIs. We're encouraged to see doctors. In fact, you should see a doctor. They say every six months you should have a checkup. Spiritual application for tonight is every single person ought to get an exam. You ought to examine yourself. You ought to get a checkup to find out how you're doing. It's essential for believers to examine themselves spiritually, lest we be deceived and end up separated from God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Is it hot in here, or is that just the whole thing? I think it's hot. Can we do something about that? There's a fan in that room. If we could crank that up, please open the doors or something. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28. A man ought to examine... Let's you ought to turn to this passage of Scripture. Come on, 1 Corinthians 11. Did you all bring your Bible or did you memorize it already? Okay, for those of you that already memorized your Bible, would you stay after and pray for me later? Because I want that gift to be able to memorize my Bible. All right. good. 1 Corinthians 11. Now when it starts getting cold... You start turning blue or something, you just wave like this and we'll be sure to close the doors. Okay, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. Now this is talking about communion, which is coming up. Is it the first weekend this year? I think we're probably having communion this weekend. Is that right? Yeah. So this is the perfect time to preach this message. For if anyone eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, he eats and drinks judgment on himself. To say, whoa. How would you like to bring judgment on yourself? No thanks. Verse 30, that is why many are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. Now let's make it plain, we're not talking about a nap. We're talking about they died. See, we don't understand where we are, the power of what we're doing. The, the days of Ananias and Sapphira, well, you know, they're still today. I believe that. And we have to examine ourselves. And God is bringing us into a place in God that we've never been before. And honey, you better take a deep look at what's inside that wicked heart of yours and ask God to help you. I'm preaching to myself. I should get an amen right there. Come on, God's been putting His finger on things. It's time for a checkup some of you from the neck up. This scripture, 1 Corinthians 11, needs to be taught more often, especially it's talking about communion of the Lord's Supper that basically people don't understand the power of of taking the little cup of juice that we pass out that represents the blood and the little oyster cracker or whatever the case may be, the bread that represents the body. It represents, we don't believe in transubstantiation. How many of you know what that is? That's when they pray, the Catholics believe that. That's when they pray and they actually believe that the cup of juice becomes the blood and the, and the cracker becomes the body, or the wafer, as it, as it the case may be. We don't believe that. That's not, that's not a biblical understanding. I hate to spoil that for some of you, that Jesus doesn't get crucified every Sunday. Somebody say, praise the Lord. But there is power in those symbols. There's symbols of juice and a cracker that represent the, bl- the blood and the, and the body of the Lord. There's power in it. And what this is saying is if you ought to take a good look, that you don't just drink that thing like it's some kind of a snack and go off and praise the Lord. In other words, examine yourself. Because if you're not truly repentant before the Lord and you take that juice and that cracker, what 1 Corinthians 11 is saying is that you are drinking judgment on yourself and you will end up in sickness this is new testament i ain't talking about old testament how many of you are hearing this for the first time raise your hand all right good then you've been discipled a little bit i'm thankful And you actually end up drinking and eating judgment on yourself and you can end up dead do you remember when Jesus at the Last Supper, I mean, that was the first time communion was served. He says, this is my, the cup of my blood which is shed for you as often as you do this. This is the, my body which is broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Do you remember that? Do you remember when, when uh, they were there and, and Jesus talked about Judas, who's the one, John's, John's leaning, the beloved, the one whom Jesus loved. That's how he identified himself. says who is it lord and and jesus says it's the one who sups with me and he takes the bread and he and he and he dips it and judas did that at the same time and they take it that was really like taking communion and you'll notice in in one of the gospels and i i have to go look and see where it is but it's then that satan entered it says satan entered judas fascinating right at right at the first communion that's when satan entered judas wow There's a list of scriptures by which we can examine ourselves. Turn to 1 Corinthians 6. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither sexual, immoral, or idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the slanderers nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. You say, Pastor, you just wiped out the whole church. Well, praise the Lord, I'm glad you're coming. So you can examine yourself and repent. And this is what some of you were. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. This is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. I sat with somebody not long ago at a lunch. And they began to tell me the sinful situation they're in. I, as a believer, been, been saved, going to church a long time. They are in an adulterous situation. They began to tell me about it. And I sat there, shocked. And when they finished confessing, they said, yeah, but I'm a Christian. Well, I was nice for a couple more bites of my meal. And then I said, I have to spoil our nice lunch. He said, really? What's the matter? I will to tell you what's the matter. Let me, let me quote you this scripture. I quoted the scripture to them. And they looked at me and I said, that's right. I'm saying it to you. I'm saying, you might call yourself a Christian, but you ain't living like one. And it clearly says that those who do these things will not. But listen, don't look, don't look at me all crazy. You just can't do whatever you stink and want to because you say you're a Christian. The reason the church is not packed out to capacity is there's people that call themselves Christian and rip somebody off, backstab somebody else, live like the devil and say this is Jesus. Oh, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? They covet, fornicate, adultery, all that stuff, homosexuality, all of that. On and on and on and on and on. Sin! Everybody say Sin! Yeah. Can I tell you something? Believers don't practice sin. I'm preaching here. Is that okay? Believers don't practice. What do you mean? That means they don't go after it. Come on, I know some of you blew it today. I did. Seems to be that same besetting thing that gets me, what is it? I get frustrated. I get irritated. Like, you know, and I and I have this anger thing that wants to well up. I'm, I'm, trying to slay that thing. I'm not talking about punching holes in the. I'm beyond that. Praise God, <laughs> by the grace of God. Come on, Karen, give me an amen. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Just that, that, that welling up of just. Rrr. God, it's not God. Gee, look, some of you control your kids that way. I'm in trouble tonight. Some of you control people with your anger. Oh, yeah? That's really witchcraft. You see, you, you manipulate and you control people by, your, by, by bringing fear. You get all big. What? Huh? Just don't stand up, all right? All right. Yeah, so you use anger to get people to do what you want. You smell something? I smell flesh in here. Does anybody smell some flesh burning? They're flesh barbecue tonight? Yeah, 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 yeah. So your husband doesn't do what you want, so you get all stinking mad and you withhold things from him and don't bless him maybe like you should. And you come on, mm-hmm, yeah. As a husband, she irritates you, so you just don't talk to her. You bury yourself in the newspaper or stick your nose in the internet. You know, Jesus, you know God doesn't control us with anger. Did you know that? You know how he moves us? His love. He leads by love. Now there's there is judgment, there is consequences. It was hard sort of. It's just uncomfortable to tell the man that really he wasn't saved or he had forgotten or he's on the way to losing it. I don't believe that once you're saved you're always saved. And you might not like that, but that's what I believe. I see it, I see it in scripture. Eternal security. There's, there's too many. I'm on a rabbit trail. There's too many scriptures that say, if we continue. Encourage one another daily while I was yet called today. And see to it that nobody has, this As Hebrews, has a sinful, unbelieving heart and turns from the Lord. What does it mean to turn from the Lord? Well, what does that mean? Does that mean you're still going to heaven? No, that means you turn from the Lord. That means you turn. You're no longer in Him. He's no longer in you. You bail. You say, what is the sin that actually, I had this this, this discussion with somebody. They said, I don't believe that. So you tell me, Pastor, which is the sin? Which is the sin that makes you lose it? So the girl goes by in her moped on a sunny day and you lust after her, was that the one that caused you to no longer be in the Lord? I don't think it's black and white. Having been in a position where I really gave my heart to Jesus, in fact, I wrote a letter to my father. I mean, it was was the most on-fire thing I think I've ever written, even to this day. It said I'd, I'm a a finished with smooth knees and idolatry, and I'm going I'm to press in and seek God all the days of my life. It was this on-fire letter I wrote my father when I first got saved. But I went through some times of disappointment. I felt like God should come through for me in a particular way, and He didn't. And when He didn't, I just flipped God off. Turned the other way, and went headlong back into my old lifestyle, which was, they say, seven times worse. No way. Seemed like 70 times worse. I'm talking... Legion man, I mean my life got bad And when I was in a mental hospital, you heard it right and I wasn't ministering there as a pastor Now I was on working on the inside Don't worry It was many years ago like 20 years ago. Don't worry about it. It's okay It's all right It's gonna be okay Long time ago When I was there, my father came to visit me and he brought the letter that I had mailed him two years prior. He visited me on the, on, the, on the ward and said, I want to read this to you. I said, okay. He reads this on fire letter and when he finished, I'm crying. I'm weeping because I realized where I had fallen from. And he said, so, as he waves it, Where's Jesus now? What happened to this Jesus thing? It was like somebody took a broadsword and cut me down the middle. I'd love to tell you that I repented on the spot. I didn't, but it took a process of time and eventually I came back. I've never slidden from that place since. Praise God. You know why? Because we're constantly examining ourselves. How are you doing? Are you really serving God? Are you really living for Jesus? Or is it some Christian thing that you do? That you just go to church and you allow certain pet sins? Come on, let's get into this this text here. Jesus shows us how we're to test ourselves. There's four tests that you'll see in Scripture. Don't you love the word? Lock the doors. Praise God. The test of our eyes or our spiritual eyesight. Who are you being taught by? Who's teaching you? What are you looking upon? Who's teaching you? He said, well, you are, Pastor. Oh, give me a break. I only get you for about 30 minutes each service. So if you come to every service, 30 to 40 minutes, whatever, I mean, maybe the service will go for two hours. Maybe, if you're at every service, you know, you're getting maybe an hour and a half of discipleship when the average male watches six hours of TV every night. We've said it before, but who do you think is actually discipling that person? Who are you being taught by how much TV do you watch how about that harlequin romance novel that you're all tied up in What are the novels that you're reading well, it's just a novel doesn't really mean Are are, you bumped your have you bumped your head? Have you bumped your head that you think you can actually read these novels about vampires and think that it doesn't affect you? Uh, Okay, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying I'm When you you actually think that you can read stuff and and, um, let your imagination get all welled up in this drawn up into this whole vampire thing and think it's not evil, you're totally mistaken. It brings a defilement. There's a principle in Scripture that that what you behold you will become. I can see some people really irritated with me tonight. Yeah, you're irritated. I'm trying to get you free. I don't give a flip if you like me or not. I'm good. I love Jesus. Amen. I, I'm going to try to help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to give you some, some medicine tonight. You got to take a look. Who's teaching you? What are you gazing at? What are you looking at? What are you thinking on? You look at the history of your internet. What comes up in your history? Some of you clear the history of your internet for God forbid somebody would find out actually what's on it. Who's teaching you? And, and let me say that whoever's teaching you, are they blind? Because you can be getting taught by people that they might not be blind, but they may be. Whatever they're teaching you, are they blind? Do they do they live out what they teach? You know, one of the things, let me talk to the internet congregation for a second. It's great that you're online. I'm very thankful. And for those of you, this is a, a, a loving correction to those of you that just get ministered to through the internet or through TV. That is not real church. You know Why? Because you can turn me off. Don't turn me off. You could turn me off right now. Mm-hmm, yeah. If I start saying you don't like something, you don't like it, you like, click, I, I'm good. I'm good. No, 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 you ain't good. You see, it, you, there's an importance about being in covenant with people, living together, living community together. You can't get that over the Internet or over a podcast. You've got to be in a church that's more than a cyber church. You have to be in a place where there builds relationship so that you can see that actually I'm living out what I'm preaching you. That our leadership is living and doing what we preach. We give, we fast, we pray, we sacrifice, we live holy lives. As far as we know it. And if God shows us something even tonight that's not right, we're going to repent. I may have heard of Jim Jones. Kool-Aid, yeah. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. You ever heard that expression? Jim Jones was a, was, I believe it's was an Assembly of God preacher that eventually went non-denominational. And there's all kinds of shows and, and uh, uh, documentaries on him. Very anointed guy. He got weird. He got weird, began to preach and teach stuff that was off. And anybody that came near him, he began to remove them away. And he began to isolate himself. And he began to get this congregation that just would hear him. And nobody could speak into the congregation. You get in a church that says they're the only church, you leave as quickly as you can. Run for the hills. This is not the only church. We're part of the churches. Wonderful churches in the valley. Somebody say, praise God. God. If you ever were a part of some church somewhere where they say, oh no, this is the only revelation. You run run otherwise you can end up deceived there's deceiving spirits in the last days that will even cause the elect to fall the bible says the, the elect those who've been chosen those who've decided to live for him that that deceiving spirit that can cause you to be twisted especially if you don't examine yourself jim jones led a bunch of people down to south america and they all killed themselves we're confronted with how we're influencing each other. Now, there's a note, so you go ahead and fill them in. We're confronted by how we're influencing others. So All of us are leading somebody. I said that the other day. All of us are leaders in some capacity. Every one of us here has influence in somebody's life. Somebody's watching you, the way you drive. You say, well, this is my car. I can do what I want to. This is my house. I can live the way I want to. in my house. I can do I can. I can read vampire books if I want to. Well sure. Sure you can. But let me just ask you this question. When you gave your heart to Christ, when you gave your heart to Jesus, I thought you gave your heart and your life to Jesus. In other words, it ain't your life anymore anyway. Come on, is it your house or is it the or is it God's house? And the and it goes on to talk about being blind, you know a We can all be blind to our shortcomings, and that's that wonderful scripture. You know, you have a plank in your own eye. How are you going to pick the speck out of your brother's? If you can imagine somebody, I've done it many times before, but we'll just do it again because it's funny. Okay, so I've got this plank in my eye. It's a shortcoming that I have. And, oh, Pastor Vince, I see that you've got a flaw. Let me help you. No, wait. Can I can I get that for you? That's the picture. How are you gonna pick a speck out of somebody's eye when you've got a stinking two by four in yours? Come on, just look at the person on the right and left and say, He's talking to you. Come on. We can all be blind to our shortcomings. We have a tendency not to smell our own stink. You might read the Harlequin thing or soak in the cesspool of the TV at home or or get all plugged in and watch rated R movies and think it doesn't affect you or rated X or whatever. But really you're just dipping yourself in sewage, spiritually speaking. And you become defiled and that thing gets on you. It is a spiritual war and literally you open doors to the enemy to basically tap dance on your head. And you think it's just you and you can do whatever you want to, but you do not know that when you walk around, you spread your stink and your defilement everywhere you go, spiritually speaking. Dr. Morocco wrote a book on, called Defiled. You, you need to read it if you haven't. The second test is the test of our limbs, the result of our actions, or our, our fruit. Are your children serving God? This is a result of how you're living in your home. The test of your actions. I mean, look at the fruit in your life. Take a look at the fruit in your life, and when you look at the fruit, that's what you've produced. Take a good hard look at it and say, okay, is that good? I see some fruit I don't like in my life. I'm just telling you, I don't. I don't like it. So what are you doing about it? I'm trying to change I'm praying. Getting the Word. Holding myself accountable. we were going to get into some of this, but how's the fruit in your life? Are your children serving God? Or are they little brats? Let's move on, praise God. Could it be that you're raising your kids and you're not sensitive to their spiritual life? Could it be? Could it be that you're raising your kids in a way, these bad habits that you keep yielding to? Could it be, possibly, maybe, maybe, that, 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 that what you're yielding to, your hypocrisy, is going to result in your kids not serving God? I'm going to tell you one of the, fool up. whether you like me or not, I'm going to just tell you now. Even if you don't like the message, you don't like I preach, if you don't like the fact that I don't have hair, whatever, go find another church. We love you. We bless you. Okay? No, really. Find a place where you can fit in and, and, and quit being so critical and love love people. All right? But you're always going to find places where you just get your, you know, you get, your, you get chapped. Anybody ever get chapped? Okay, but when you get chapped, don't you get in your car, drive home with your kids listening to you and your husband or whatever, and start beating the church up. There is no perfect church. Stop it. Because when your kids hear that in the back, it goes in like a poison arrow, and then when they grow up, that's exactly they'll be, but worse, and they won't even go to church because you had no honor, no respect for the house of the Lord. I can't believe they take offerings, every service for the love of God. Now, if you don't like it, just be quiet. Well, no, it's a biblical thing. So yeah, it's biblical, but it's a little much, don't you think? Look, like just... Pray, all right? Trust God. Okay? All we're doing is trying to do the will of God in everything that we do. Come on, somebody, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is the church that you're a part of being blessed by you? And I know we've got people from different churches tonight, and maybe those across the nation that'll listen or listen in the future. Is the church that you're a part of blessed by you? Is it blessed because you're there praying? Is it blessed because you're there serving? Is it blessed because you're there giving? This is a, the fruit of your life. You've got to take a look. Is it or isn't it? Do things move forward? I've heard this so many times before, but if this church is dependent upon how you lived and what you did, how, where would we be? Do I need to encourage myself? I think so. Praise God. Oh, help me God. I'm trying to help people. Ah, look at the fruit of your life. Take a look. Doing more for God or less? You say, well, I'm old. No, you're not. We had Pastor Alcantar, 100 and something years old, still leading life group, still preaching. No, you're not. You're not old. All right, the test of your heart. Verse 45. Look at verse 45 with me. The good man brings out good things out of the good he's stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings out of the evil stored up in his heart, for out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. Is there bitterness or anger in your heart? Is there bitterness or anger in your heart? You curse all the time, I've got news for you. You've got something in your heart. you got to get it out. We've had people that had problems cursing, they just couldn't break it. They love God and then they get around a bunch of people and just start dropping F-bombs. And, and if that's the case, you pray, ask God to break it. But if you still have a hard time, just buy a bar of soap, stick it in your pocket, and every time you curse, suck on it. Every time you drop the F-bomb, pull it out. Ah! It'll break it. There's ways to, come on. We've had people with lust problems. You get one of those big, wide rubber bands. The big, wide one. Not the dinky little rubber bands. I'm talking about the significant rubber bands. And every time you find yourself, and all of a sudden you get convicted, just go, Jesus, stop! You say, is that biblical? It is. There's many ways to train your flesh. Some of you don't need a rubber band. You need an inner tube. Okay. Okay. You need your wife to pull that thing back. Stop! <laughs> beagle sting across your chest. What well, comes out of you when you're under pressure? What comes out of you when you're under pressure? Does lemon juice come out? Or oil? When you're squeezed, the Gethsemane means an olive press, the place of Pressing. When you're in your Gethsemane, and I'm going to tell you, if you haven't been to one that's coming, because that's just every one of us goes through tests and challenges and trials, and and people can be a stone's throw away and asleep even though you asked them to pray, and you're all by yourself. What came out of our Lord, our, our hero, our master? He prayed. And resisted to the point of shedding blood. Wow. What comes out of you when you're under pressure? Not, this is not a message of condemnation. It's a, me, it's a checkup. It's an exam. How are you doing tonight? I personally, I'm convicted on another point. I'd like to stop preaching right now. But that's the way, the meat of the word, the meat of the word, solid meat is for those who are mature. I'm not going to preach you a pansy message. I'm not into it. I'm just not, because it doesn't change you. You need to hear a message that slaps you upside your spiritual head and says, wake up! Are you saved? Are you saved and bound by lust and addiction and and greed and rage and bitterness? Take a look. You know, when Jesus cast devils out of people, he, he He never got all bent out of shape. It wasn't a big deal. Oh, what if we're bound by bitterness? Repent. Get rid of it. Move on. All right. The test of our hearing. Verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Uh Uh-oh. I'll show you what he's like. The man who hears my words and puts them into practice. A man building a house, it goes on to say, build a solid foundation. I'll be building a house this year in Jesus' name. That's my faith declaration. I think I should put a foundation down first. What do you think? Any builders in here? How dumb would it be if you didn't put a foundation down? Right? Right? Am I right? The same is true spiritually. Are you obe- How well do you obey? Look at your notes. How well do you obey? It's wonderful to hear a message like this. Quite another to obey. Some of you, you know, it's just like I can almost see even now spiritually. Some of you have already taken your fingers and just jammed them in your ear. He's he just not listening.
1: they not going to listen.
0: I'm not listening, listening, listening. Ah, nah, nah, nah. He's almost over. It's almost done. Preached for about 32 minutes now. It's about five, half or nine. Just want to shake it off and forget about what you've heard tonight already. Just come on somebody say it's time for a checkup. Why do we not obey? How well do you obey is the first question. Why do you not obey is the second one. Well, that's a good question. Rebellion, selfishness, pride. We think we know better. We want to prosper, but we don't want to tie. We want to answer to prayer, but we don't want to pray. We want breakthrough, but we will not fast. We want the renewing of our mind, but we won't read the Word. We want healing, but there's no steps of faith. We want to be elevated, but there's no humility. It is the church in America, ladies and gentlemen. Powerless. A form of Christianity lacking the power thereof. A form of, of, of religion lacking the power thereof. You want the power of God to flow in your life. You've got to obey. You've got to examine yourself. If your well is stopped up, we talked about it on Sunday. God wants to bring a deluge, a gully washer. God wants to bring a gushing flow of His power in your life. He's doing that here in this place. But in order for us to see it go to the next level and to see it continue, it's going to take some humility, some self-examining. It's going to take a good hard look at where you're at. Not for there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It says not to condemn you. I'm, I told Pastor Vince, I said I'm ready to preach to myself. Hallelujah. I've got the little things in my life. I've gotten rid of the big things. We tend to have selective hearing. Don't have selective hearing. Looking for the balance or the foundation of your life is in obedience. The person who hears and obeys is the one that's going to stay on a foundation. You say, "Well, it's hard." Yeah, it can be. You put your flesh down. You've got to make yourself accountable. All right, what do we do in light of this message? Let me hurry up and apply it. Worship team, would you come, please? The first thing is repent. Be quick to repent, 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 repent. 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 Do a 180. If you're doing things tonight you know you shouldn't do them, repent. You say, well, what do I do when I, when I face it tomorrow? The first step is repent, fight. Many, many of you are struggling with things that are demonically empowered. And when you repent, it breaks that demonic pa- empowerment. And you, then you get the empowerment of God. And then you begin to move forward and you'll face that obstacle again. Oh, it will come. But instead of yielding to it, you get stronger and you'll be able to step over that thing And move into the place of purpose that God has for you So what's the first thing if you've examined yourself and we've gone through just a few of these And you find yourself all jacked up The first thing to do is repent The second thing is place yourself in a position of being accountable to somebody Who are you accountable to? So who are you accountable to, Pastor? Many, many people. The first and foremost person, my wife. I don't have any secrets. In fact, we have a saying in the Bracken family, Brackens have no secrets. We don't have it. Our kids have no secrets. My wife has no secrets. I have no secrets before my beloved wife. And when, when we're accountable to somebody, come on, she's keeping me accountable on the way up here. 35 mile an hour speed zone, and I was doing 50. To slow down. Some of you need to slow down. Some of you need to get accountable. You have no accountability in your life and the enemy can just run roughshod up one side and down the other. Some of you have people accountable to but you hide things in your heart. In other words, you're not willing to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. The enemy is parasitical. It's a parasite. It's like lice. Lice have to have a host. It's a parasite Without a host The enemy cannot stay It cannot stay on you You have to come into agreement You have to let him in You have to agree with them And the, and the enemy operates in darkness So if you have something that you're struggling with an anger or rage or addiction A perversion or a lust Or adultery or fornication Rat yourself out Why? So that you can have real life that's um come on all that the reason you're doing that stuff is you've not been satisfied in God because nobody really discipled you because once you really realize that at his right hand there's pleasures forevermore and you as a believer can drink from the river of his pleasure anytime you want to and you never taught that your identity is twisted and you think that God doesn't really love you because you have to earn it and oh it's just so hard Yet yeah, when you break that stuff off and you really get discipled you will never settle for that vomit, like a dog to the vomit. You'll never go there. You couldn't get me to purposely sit. You'd have to shoot me first. I would, I just, why would I ever do? why? Well, for what? There's nothing there. It brings no satisfaction. What satisfies is obeying Him, living for Him. I can lie in my bed at night and He talks to me talks to me now. He told me it's a good word. Thank you, Lord. Really, I just heard that good word, son. Thank you. Thanks, Father. Thanks, Dad. Woo! Place yourself of being an accountable and I need to say this one point before we move to the last one. I know I've gone just a little bit long tonight. Some of you get so offended when somebody holds your feet to the fire. Maybe you get just bent out of shape when somebody tells you, "You know something? What you're doing is hurting." You. And then you have what we call onion skin. You just get bruised, and how, did, how dare they tell me that? <laughs> Look, if somebody brings correction into your life, just take it. And, and 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 humbly thank them. thank them. And sometimes people do it in a wrong spirit. Sometimes people do it to condemn you or try to control you. Just just be open to the donkey, maybe. Come on, donkeys can speak. I've I, I've, I've said this. Oh, I'm going to go along with one more story. You guys, okay? You give me five more minutes, and I'm done. Is that okay? God's power was coming on my wife and I. Years ago is really the beginning of a real fresh release of his power And we were laying hands on people and and the power of God was just hitting the place I mean dramatic demonstration of his power and I was shocked As much as the next person And afterwards it's sort of like bodies were everywhere People weeping and crying and we're sitting there just kind of reeling I'm reeling like oh my gosh God you used me that's amazing Thank you God and, and in that moment, all of a sudden I had this lady in my face. I opened my eyes and like, there she is. She's twisting around like this. And she says, I just want to tell you something that I see. I thought, shaka I want to tell you something that I see. I said, okay. What? I said, you have the most foul spirit of lust on you that I've ever seen. I thought, Holy smokes. Karen! Karen! I just she was talking to somebody remembers off the way left. Karen, hold on a second, hold on, hold on. I want you to tell my wife. Karen! Karen! She's like, the lady wanted to run, but she couldn't. She's trapped. My wife came over. I said, Will you please tell my wife what you just said? And she's all um uh. and she went ahead and told my wife, and I must have been full of the Holy Ghost, because this is what happened. I looked at my wife, I said. Honey, do you think I have a spirit of lust? And I wasn't being sarcastic, I was being dead serious. And she looked at me and said, No, you don't. I said, Whew, Okay. I said, I don't receive that. I said, But I'll talk to Dr. Morocco, and I thank you for having the boldness to share that with me. And I'll, I'll talk to Dr. In fact, I called Dr. And, and he came over. She scurried off somewhere and hid underneath a pew. Because she was the one that had a spirit of lust, by the way. And I said I was crying because I thought, "Doctor, am I see? Do I have a spirit of lust? I mean, my wife doesn't think I do, but do you think I do? I mean, I am keeping hold of my eye gate. I'm I'm I mean, I know what that is." And it wasn't always in Christ like some of you guys raised in a Christian home, perfect, walked on water all your life. That wasn't me, okay? So I said, "Doctor, if I if I have that, we we tell me?" And he smiled at me and I think he laughed. He laughed,
1: right? <laughs> He
0: said, "Uh, no, son, you don't have a spirit of lust. He grabbed me behind the neck and he said, God's raising you up. God's raising you up. I said, oh, that's good. Praise God. And I just, just power, God starts hitting me. And he just says, no, you don't have a spirit of lust. He just said, when God's power comes on you, sometimes the enemy wants to try to pin you down and put something on you. He said, that's not from God. You're doing well, son. He prayed for me. He blessed me. let me go. And it's like, woo! Praise the Lord. Some of you get corrected and you're just like, no, that's not God. When dead is right. Dead right. Spot on is God. Even though you don't like their face and who told you, it's still God. Come on, some of you. Some of you need to just, when you get corrected in accountability, you want to throw off the yoke and run to the next church. You will be an infant in God all of your life until you develop accountability where somebody can lovingly tell you that your life is messed up and if you stay that way for the love of God,
1: you'll miss heaven. You will not make it to heaven. You cannot continue in sin and fornication and say
0: it's all good, I love God. No, you don't. If you love Him, you obey His Word broken things on the inside of us that cause us to like half obey and we're trying to get it look tonight if you've had your fing- the finger of God put on your something in your life repent otherwise if you don't what happens when you leave this place is another layer of hardness goes over your heart and you begin to get a hard heart. And we say, "Well, God knows my heart." Yeah, your heart's on the way to turning, and you, you will not find yourself in the house of the Lord. You cannot sit under an unction of the power of the outpouring of the Spirit of God, and such is happening in this place, and not serve God with all your heart. You will turn heel and run, or you'll repent. And I command you. I declare. I not command, but I. Oh, what's the word?
1: I implore you on behalf of Christ. Get right tonight If you're not right, run to the front Right now Embarrass yourself, do it If you're not right, come now Right now, come now Right now, come Come right now, come on Come come to Jesus Get right, don't live a life of compromise Break that thing tonight Break it tonight Break it tonight Break it tonight, tonight. intercessors pray Break 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 it tonight Break it tonight, break it tonight Break it. I come against the powers of darkness that would try to deceive God's people. I command
0: you in the name that's above every other name, in the name of Jesus, loose your hold. Loose your hold. Break every chain. Come right now. More of you need to come. You might not have another chance. Come on, just talk to Jesus and repent repent I know I've been strong with you but sometimes the role of a shepherd is to bring it like that I've got to shake you from your lethargy and your apathy it ain't all good it's not all good you've got to serve God with all your heart and one more time if you're not right with God and you know it you need to be made right do not stay in your seat on Sunday night I preached a message and I'm going to close with this this is the last opportunity for this particular altar call I preached this message the message was this that blessing and judgment are both in the hand of God and we don't like that that's not a cute message it's not popular and it's not preached in most pulpits but it's true and when Jesus sent out the twelve and He sent out the seventy-two, they came. He says, when you go to the house, say peace to this house. And if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest. But if there's not a man of peace, then shake your, the, the dust off of your sandals and it will be worse for that town than it will be for Sodom and Gomorrah or Tyre in the day of the judgment. And the picture is this, that you can harden your heart. You don't know if you'll ever have another opportunity to get right with God. I sense there are some people here on your last time. You cannot continue to dabble and play. Stop it. Stop. For the love of God, stop. You're not as on fire as you used to be. That's the start of a backslide. You're not as on fire as you used to be. Come to the front. You're not as on simple, simple call. You're not as on fire as you used to be. Your heart is cool. You want to be more on fire. why you were made. Come on, we're going to sing this. And as we do, you're not as on fire. You want to get more on fire for God? You want to come closer to Jesus? As we sing it, you come right now.
1: With all your heart.
0: Before you before the throne, it's a holy moment. You ask him to break the chains off, whatever they are. If it's pornography, say, I don't want that anymore. I break its hold, I don't want to gaze upon things that are perverted. Break its hold. If it's lust or greed or anger, whatever it is, you're your own priest. Come on, you, know, you the mediator for you is Jesus. Just talk to him tonight, it's by his blood. Renounce it. You do it like this. I come against anger. Lord, I don't want it in my life. Lord, I repent for being short, being angry at times. Forgive me. I break the generational hold of anger. That's what you do. Greed, lust, apply it right now. I break its hold right now. Come on. Come on. You can do self-deliverance. Right now, renounce that thing. Break its hold. I break its hold off of generations, generational iniquity. Every curse. We break it tonight. Now, Lord, yeah. Now, Lord, give us a fresh revelation of our identity. Come on, ask God to give you a revelation of who you are. You'll never go back if once you realize who you are, the rights you have, the purpose He's created you for, To walk in power and dominion and authority. Joy of
1: the Lord. Strength. Give us revelation. You were made for love. And when you realize that, it will exhilarate you and release power to live for Him.
0: this thing sort of got you step all the way up to the stair all the way up you feel like man i just i haven't quite broken through and i want to break through just come up to the not on the stairs but just up to the stairs if that's you come on sometimes sometimes things are a little stubborn they need to be broken pray in the holy ghost come on all across this place come here need an usher please lift your hands tried over and over in your life to keep you from where you are now. You have been through tremendous loss and difficulty. And the Lord shows me even the time when you were a boy some of the things that you've been through. You're a good man. Truth is you've always believed in God. And He's the one that's brought you through and you know it. But now you've come to the kingdom for this time. And I'm going to raise you up. healing your heart layer after layer after layer little by little as you're faithful causing the wounds to be healed the broken places are being bound up with bandages of love he's making you into your own man He's molding you. He's fashioning you. All the years that the locusts have taken and that which has been robbed of you, even in your physical health, He's doing some things in your physical body tonight. He's touching your heart. There's been some concern even about your heart. The Lord wants you to know that you're not going to have a heart attack, He's healing your heart. There's a strengthening that's coming. I just see him touching your vital organs. It's it's like oil just being poured over your head, under your physical body. He's he's touching, he's healing. He's strengthening you. The weariness, that attack of the enemy that's come as of lately. The weariness is going. Strength is coming to your body. Strength is coming to your bones, your joints. Strength is coming even to your thought life. There's been even like a generational doubting thing that's that sort of remained there, but it's leaving tonight. It's leaving tonight. You're going to find it easier to read and understand the Word, says the Lord. You're going to find it easier to worship and easier to enter in. And the, where the, These these fiery darts of the wicked one are being extinguished tonight by, by prayer and by a prophetic declaration. God has called you. God has touched you. It's good. It is a good thing. You're tasted and seeing that I'm good. And I'm going to restore. And I'm healing. And I'm blessing. You're leading your family lead your family. Worship Him. Worship Him all across this place. All across this place. God's healing people. That word was maybe for others too. You take it. You take it for you. Come on, give them a shout tonight. Hallelujah.
1: Amen. Amen. Take someone by the hand. Wow.
0: No more pain. No more bondage. No more pain. Mm. No
1: more bondage. No more pain. Ooh. No, more bondage, no, more pain. Ooh. no more bondage. No more bondage. No more
0: pain. Father, we declare freedom tonight. We thank you that who the sun sets free is free indeed and for those who have been struggling lord with besetting sins i pray strength lord to them tomorrow and even tonight as they leave as they go home that they would not be like dogs that return to the vomit but we would truly rest and abide in you taking every thought captive and making it obedient that there would be an accountability that never before released Release your power, God, to build accountability in small groups. Ministries and outreaches. Jesus, do it. And then we would see people walk freer than they ever have before. Knowing that history books are waiting to be written about a people who will believe you and your word and obey. We want to be that people. We want to be that. Bless your people tonight. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' holy name, amen. God bless you tonight. Praise the Lord.